from walking through your campsite to trash in the fire pit. This week, we're talking about your pet peeves at the campground, plus the different types of water hoses and which ones we think are best. That and more on RV Miles. This summer, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear, tips, and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. One easy addition you can make to your camping and hiking wardrobe to help keep you cool is a bandana. This headwear hero will keep sweat out of your eyes, bugs out of your hair, and sun off your neck. And you can even dip it into water and then put it under your hat or around your neck to keep you cool. A hot weather must have. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 280 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. We're coming to you this week after having just crossed the border a few days ago into Canada. We are on our way up to Alaska and uh, in visiting Canada in the RV for the first time. We had that one day in Victoria a couple weeks ago, but we are RVing through Canada and it's been great so far. We officially got to scratch the British Columbia off of our Canada, off of our big map. We got to scratch that all off. We've done one night here, that's our rule. And it is so thrilling to have, we have scratched four new places off, states or countries off since we started Baja to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's might be a record for that's RV pretty, Miles. We don't move great. that fast. That's, that's pretty great. We got a lot to cover on the show today. We're going to talk to you about your pet peeves at the campground. We had a post in the RV Miles Facebook group where we all chatted about all of our different pet peeves, and we're going to get into those a little bit later. But first, I wanted to talk to you a bit about water hoses because these questions have been coming uh, at me in the last few days about water hoses a lot. I think people are sort of getting ready for camping. Um they're going out for the first time for the season or, or what have you. And they're trying to figure out what water hose to buy and how to store it and stuff like that. A lot of people like these expandable hoses. The Zero G hose is a, is a big brand, but there are other brands out there. Uh, and a lot of people hate the big white Camco hoses that are highly inflexible and they have a hard time <laughs> winding them up. And, uh, and I have sort of a happy medium, but... I want to talk to you about those two types of hoses first. The big, the traditional white <laughs> camping hose that is, I mean, they are so hard to coil. It is I'm going to have to link to the reel <laughs> of you doing a performance of yes. what it's like to coil those because it's quite spectacular. I, well, I'll give you a big tip is that if you if you set it out in the sun for a few minutes before you coil it up, it gets much, much, much easier. But yeah. the reason they're so hard to coil is because they're made out of PVC, which is drinking water safe. And of course you want to have drinking water safe hoses to supply water to your RV. Even if you don't plan on drinking out of your RV, a lot of people don't like to drink the water that goes through their RV. We, we do, and it's absolutely fine. But uh, it, it, even if you don't, you still want to use a drinking water safe hose because when you shower and stuff like that and wash your dishes, it's just not gonna, smell as much it's going to not have all the bad 
junk that goes into some of like a cheap garden hose or real a regular green garden hose often the the fittings are lead they're often made with recycled electronics parts it's they're not rubber like they used to be anymore right so uh, you can get those those white ones i i have one of those those white ones for sort of our backup hose um and then i have another one that i use for our our black tank flush hose uh, but what I have come down to as the hose that I like using now. Just a second. Sure. If I can stop you. I just, I want to check. You know which hose is which, right? Yeah. You just indicated we have two white hoses. And I'm telling you right now, one of those, I just want to make sure it's not getting anywhere near the backup to no, no. the hose. No, okay. no. I mean, the black tank flush. <laughs> like, I have to... I. <laughs> It just gave me pause, and I thought, "There's do nothing." We have a way that we identify these. Like a lot of people say, <laughs> never to hook your fr- your freshwater hose up to your black tank flush. I personally think that that's plenty safe because there is a backflow prevention in there. But the place where you're often doing a black tank flush might mm-hmm. be a dump station, mm-hmm. and you always want to use a dirty hose for that. So it is best to just use the same hose for those. Yes. scenarios all the time absolutely um so a lot of people like these expandable hoses the the zero g hoses and I, i've had a couple of those and i've talked to many people that have had those and they are great because they shrink down to absolutely nothing when you store them uh, the problem is they tend to fail mm-hmm. and we had one fail dramatically on us sprayed water all <laughs> i mean i was soaked and yeah, it uh it, because there's sort of like a uh, uh we talked about this on the live stream last week but there's some sort of like balloon type mechanism in the end of it uh and and they're under pressure they're under a lot of pressure so you when you unhook them you got to have a shutoff on the on the end that's not at the spigot which they usually come with because if if you just unhook it it just starts spraying water Uh, but it's so nice how small they get the solution that i'm using now that i really like that's sort of a uh, a halfway between is these flat hoses. Um, and you, they have them at any garden center and you look on them to see if they're drinking water safe. And the ones we use are drinking water safe. I think I got ours at Target. I don't know what the brand is, but there, I also have gotten one at Home Depot before. The hose itself doesn't stay round when there's no water in it, it flattens out. So they kind of, it doesn't collapse, but it, when you coil it up, it gets real small. So it's like, it's almost like folded. And I, I find that to be a nice balance because it still takes up a small amount of space in our storage. It is still very, very easy to coil in this small rig. It's nice to have that sort of extra room. So another question that's been coming up has been about storing hoses. We're full-time, so it's something I don't often think about because we always have our water hose hooked up, right? We're often using it. Or there's often water using it. But folks that don't camp as often, you know, you might be putting your hose into your your storage bin and not getting it back out for mm-hmm. a month. So the question was about really, should you be leaving water in there? Can that water develop mold and all that sort of stuff? Yes, it absolutely can. And you should dry your hose out as much as possible. So try to get then, and that's another benefit to these flat hoses is that you can sort of almost squeegee them out. Um, but try to get as much water out as possible. Blow on the end of it to try to get as much out as possible. You can even use one of those uh, 
air compressor attachments that people use to uh, to winterize their RV can blow air through your hose that way and get all the water out and then connect the ends together so air can't get in and you'll probably be pretty good. But you do want to sanitize your freshwater hoses just as often as you sanitize your freshwater tank. So we recommend uh, if you haven't used it in a month, you do a sanitation or every quarter if you're using it regularly, you sanitize it with a mixture of a quarter cup of bleach to 15 gallons of water. That's what you use in the fresh tank. And as long as you just, just run that water through your hose mm -hmm. into your into your fresh tank, you've sanitized it. And that's probably a good way to go about it. So I will look to see if the hose that we are using is available on Amazon. Yeah. And then I will put it in the Amazon shop that we have just over at amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles. You can go over and take a look at it for yourself and see if it might be a nice happy medium for you as well. Cool. This is uh, this is also the time that we have been talking about recreation.gov on the last few episodes. We have. And in fact, we are wrapping up our collaboration with them this week, at least for this time being. We hope to have them back later on in the year. But we're going to wrap it up with a couple of uh, really interesting things, things we actually don't talk a lot about on the show when it comes to the national parks and it comes to recreation.gov. And that is specifically like tickets for activities, things that you can do once you're in the national park. Now, there are some parks you can go to, some public lands you go to, where you don't need anything outside of the entry fee that it costs to get in or the timed entry that you might need as well to get into the park. But there are some parks, especially Mammoth Cave, for instance. Yeah, any cave, really. Any it's, cave. Yeah. But Mammoth Cave, in particular, when I was looking at it today, they have, I think, somewhere around nine or ten different tours currently running at Mammoth Cave. And they are limited capacity tours. And so those are things that if you're going to Mammoth or you're going to Carlsbad, or even if you want to go to Arches and you want to do a guided ranger tour, all of those things are, you need a pass for all of that. You need, it's a ticketed entry and you're going to want to pick that up. So any, something like a, a presidential home tour or exactly. any sort of historic site that does, that you only access, access them through tours, usually you can pick them up on recreation.gov. Yeah, I was just thinking too, when you said that, like when we did the Lyndon B. Johnson, mm -hmm. when we did LBJ's Ranch, mm -hmm. and even though, so we had to have a, a timed tour ticket when we did uh, the Truman Home mm -hmm. in Independence. All of those need tickets. The boat tour in Voyagers, mm -hmm. when we went on that. All of those need a ticket, and you can get all of them on recreation.gov. Of course, as we've talked a lot about this is something if you can get it in advance, do go and get it in advance. Of course, you can always pick these up day of, but it is really nice to have all of this planned out and all of it there in the recreation.gov app so you can see it. So it's really simple. You just go over to the site and you're just going to click on tickets and tours and then you're going to just follow the prompts and go from there to find what you want. Of course, if you can't get one in advance, you could still get one day of, and that's where the scan and pay that we talked about in the past can come into play because you can also do scan and pay now for activities for tickets and tours and things like that as well. Also things like uh, picnic shelter reservations are going to be on there and or 
or getting like a picnic shelter day yeah. of or a boat ramp fee. You might do scan and pay for that where you're where you're paying five bucks or so to drop your your boat into uh, a marina, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I think we forget too that, you know, if we're, for us, we're full timers, obviously we're moving around, but a lot of you are part-time and weekend RVers, but you may have near your own home base, public lands. Mm-hmm. And you can do things like book uh, a picnic site for having a birthday party or something like that, or just a family outing for the day or the marina that you want to take your boat over to. Like all of those things are there and they're all there on recreation.gov. So we've really enjoyed this collaboration with them. It's been really great for us to kind of go back and revisit the site and some of the things that we love about our public lands and that we have loved for so long as full-time RVers. So if you have any questions for us about anything we've covered, of course, you can reach out to us. And then finally, we just want to share that recreation.gov is doing their big share your story, which is their outdoor adventure writing contest. And so what this is, is that they are seeking stories about adventures that touched your heart, made you laugh, and created a memorable experience that will last a lifetime. They're looking for a recap anywhere between 900 to 3,500 characters, and they have prizes for overall best story, for categories, honorable mentions. But we all know that as interest in our public lands has grown, that means that more and more people are experiencing for the first time some of the joys of these lands or getting to have, they're increasing their experience and the time that they're spending there. And, you know, we've shared, obviously we share that story at the beginning of all of this about meeting Jerry and what that was like for us and how it has stuck with us all of these years. And those are kind of what this Share Your Story is all about, how our public lands are changing us for the better. So if you are interested in participating in this, we will link to it in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 280, or you can go to recreation.gov slash share your story. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about your pet peeves at the campground. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. We're back and we're here to talk about pet peeves at the campground. But first, we want to share with you the news of our upcoming RV Miles homecoming event. Yes. So this inaugural is on sale. The tickets are out there. Go and get yours. It's really limited in what we have left. It's a small event this year. We only have 40 spaces reserved. It's a small event, but there's a big amount of stuff that's happening at this. So the cost for the rally ticket is $200 a person. The kids are free. 17 and under are totally free. This rally ticket, we are not making any money off this. This is literally how we just budgeted it out to make sure that the event stays in the black and that We get to have an amazing time. So some of the things that the rally ticket, so it's October 4th through the 8th. It's in Amana, Iowa. 
some of the things the rally ticket is going to cover is nightly meals. We're all going to come together. We have this space that they've given us at the campground, the Pioneer An indoor building. building. So yes. if it's if, if there's rain or whatever, we're all still going to have a great time. Yeah, because who knows? It's the Midwest. It could be 100 degrees at the beginning of October, or it could be 12. I, we have no idea. So we have this indoor space. Every night we're going to have a dinner catered. So get ready, y'all. hy coming for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and maybe some food trucks, but the hy catering is so good. Uh, so we're doing that. We're going to go into town. I'm really excited. One of the things we're doing, and they have been so nice, is through the Amana Heritage Society, we're doing uh, this communal kitchen sampling tour and then a walking tour of Amana. And so it's two hours total. We're going to get to take a tour of Amana with a guide. If you're not familiar, the Amana colonies are these sort of, it's a German settlement. Um, You called it the Seven Villages. Uh, It's 26,000 acre area where these German uh, families settled and they had these communal kitchens Mm -hmm. where they would like they would cook this their is meals. where they would cook their meals several families together mm-hmm. and eat their meals that way instead of in their home yeah so we're gonna experience a sampling of some of the things that they would have had at the beginning of the 20th century so it's going to be perhaps foods we don't eat now i think they mentioned to me one of the things is pickled beans that we'll get to sample so it's really going to honor the tradition and the beginnings of Amana. So I'm really excited about that. Um, as the weeks go on, we'll maybe highlight a little different yeah, thing. Yeah, Amana colonies are really known for their wine. So there's going to be lots of opportunities to do wine tastings and stuff. We're going to go to a Renaissance Fair that's going to be right there. They're really um, excited to have us too. I was talking to them recently. It's it's uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of community and we're, we're calling it homecoming because it's sort of our return to the Midwest, but it's also sort of the end of the camping season uh, for a lot of people. And it's sort of just a way to celebrate like during the harvest. This campground is wonderful. It's in the middle of cornfields and the (laughs) harvest will be happening. And it's just sort of that time of year where things get wonderful in the Midwest where there's like apple orchards nearby and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So we really hope you'll join us there. We'll put a link in the show notes for you to to sign up the the camping is really cheap on top of the ticket price so the, the ticket is two hundred dollars per adult but then you have to pay for the camping as well but it's only 35 bucks a night for full hookups so uh, i think it's going to be a really great deal it's going to be a, a fun time for everybody and we really hope to see some of you there yeah i mean my parents are coming y'all it's gonna be so much fun okay so let's Move on, though, and let's talk about there was a thread that happened over in the RV Miles Facebook group recently by one of our really wonderful moderators, Emily, and she asked, what is your biggest pet peeve at the campground? And 146 of you had some pet peeves that you needed to air in this thread. So we thought it would be a really great discussion to kind of go through and pick uh, a few of those out. Some of the more general takes I think we're all going to recognize, but there's a few, uh, I guess, spicier ones well, in there I think as it's well. important here, though, to define what a pet peeve is. Yes. I mean, so I think the dictionary basically calls it, it's something that a person 
uh, is especially annoyed by, right? Yeah. In fact, they say it's something that a particular person finds especially annoying. But I think there's, I think there are layers to that because I think a pet peeve really to me is something that, you know, it's something that you find especially annoying, but it might be not particularly something that you really should be that annoyed about. Like it might be annoying to most people, but not on the level that you're annoyed by it. No, like it's not, it's not injuring you. It's not, yeah. it doesn't have the ability it just, to. It just gets at you for whatever reason. Yeah, it just gets under your skin, yeah. right? And you yeah. just, you just kind of drives you nuts. So yeah. what we have here are, especially these first four that we're going to go through, were probably the ones that received the most likes. Sure in this thread. This was sort of a general consensus by people. And I don't think it's going to surprise anyone that right off the bat, Tim jumps in and he says, music played too loud. Yeah, yeah. I have complained about this on the show. We have been in places where people, there was one uh, one experience we had where people, uh, we were in Mancos, Mancos, Colorado. This campground was a great, great spot. Uh, but a lot of people were there to go off and and do some four wheeling and stuff like that, right? Right. Well, there was also a venue for a wedding. You could have a wedding yeah. on site as well. And actually, this story you're about to tell, these people were here for a wedding. Well, what happened was these these people were playing music at their campsite. Mm-hmm. Fine, that part of it wasn't bothering us. It was that, like after breakfast. They left for the whole day. Yeah, they went to the wedding. And they left were all their music on for the whole day. And it wasn't just one day. So it was intentional. Yes. they. It was, and it was loud. They weren't right next to us. I mean, there was a road and a hill and then another R- yeah. their RVs. So they were a distance away from us. It was not my type of music. Now, maybe if you enjoyed the type of music they were playing, you'd be bopping all day long. I was not. It was my kind of music, but it was also a playlist of like 15 songs that repeated. So it was started to get. Not my thing. (laughs) It started to be Uh, the same song over and over again. And then recently we talked about this when we were in Yosemite. We had uh, a family across from us that also uh, wanted to make sure that everyone knew how much they loved this one particular album. And they oh, we got a lot of that album. Played that album a lot to the point where we were having active discussions about how awful some songwriting can be and the tropes that are used to like write these kinds of songs. I, think- I like the, like you have to have the structure has to have like five key words because we didn't know what else to do to survive yet again. This album. This album. Being I, there's there's a level here, I think, though, of like just knowing your environment. There are plenty of campgrounds yeah. where it is okay to play music, where it's a party atmosphere on the weekends, and everybody is feeling that. But like, if you're the one campsite that's playing music, maybe think about that. I know. I, you know, <laughs> we talk a lot about this with our kids. Learning how to read the room. Yeah. Okay. Read the room. Read the campsite. Yeah. No one else is yeah. doing this. <laughs> what And, you know, why do you assume I like that music? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I just, you know. So that was a big one. That got a lot of likes from a bunch of people. Uh, following that up, Eric wrote, and this is, again, walking through my site or parking on it. Yeah. Now, this is, I... a, this is one that I, I feel like is 
it, this is sort of like the true epitome of a pet peeve because mm-hmm. it's something that is annoying for sure. But the level at which it annoys us oh, might be too goodness. high. Audrey says uh, excessive outdoor lighting and keeping them on all night. People do not like you leaving your lights on all night. I And I agree. Like, I don't want to go to bed and have your bright white light. Yeah, and again, this is something that's like, read the room. Like, if the campground is a place where there's, like, lots of street lights and stuff, and uh, it, it doesn't, you know, yeah. might not matter anyway. But I think people have sort of this false sense of security. Like, they want to leave lights on because they think it's going to keep critters away, oh, or they think there's people. a safety level involved with that. And I, I, I just don't see it. I don't. And and it's definitely proven that it doesn't keep critters away. I mean, I think the worst is I can, again, it's a pet peeve. You leave the light on. That's fine. I'll adjust. I have an eye mask. It's fine. The one that gets me is the running lights that are constantly moving. They're flashing. They're flashing. You lay them underneath your rig. And then they just are, it's, it's like a really bad sad disco over there yeah. where no one's come to your party and you just, you know, and it's three in the morning and like there's a disco you know, you're happening just like oh man no one's coming or and like so you go inside but you leave the lights on because you're just like Whoa. yeah or i mean you and might have like you might have low lighting underneath your trailer like blue lights and you leave that on uh it, but like leaving your bright white porch light on yeah. that's one of the things i, I really love about about the ibex they, the porch light is it's a, like a dual uh, mm-hmm. switch where you can you flip it up and it is a bright white outdoor light and you flip it down and it is a yellow light that doesn't attract bugs and it's much lower and the, and you can sort of see outside without having to light up the universe. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Todd. Really, really, really people that don't pick up after their dog, and he specifically wants to talk about at night when no one can see it. When you're out there secretly with the dog and no one's going to see your dog poop and you're just kind of like, mm, that's fine. Yeah, no or you let cares. it poop on somebody else's site and you Yeah, leave it. that was interesting. There were a few people that chimed in that said that they had come out in the morning to their uh, to find dog poop uh, right there uh, next to their stairs. Yeah. Or someone, you know, just uh, in really intrusively in the campsite not along the the perimeters but like you know next to their chair or right behind the underneath of their rig and dogs and kids are really triggering for a lot of you in the campground and that (laughs) to me is what i need for everyone to uh take a step back and really evaluate like the levels of triggers with dogs okay yeah i mean i think you know I, i look I, people talk, Kids are loud. People dogs talk are loud. about this like, dogs barking incessantly all day thing like it, it is a it is a plague <laughs> on campgrounds. And I gotta tell you, I've never experienced it in s- almost seven years on the road. I mean, we have a little bit, maybe like a not, very little bit. I don't but know. Like dogs, I don't know. Maybe because we're just um, like desensitized to noise I guess. As, as parents and people are like with, you know, know. kids kid screaming all day and the, this this screaming thing like do you mean like they're having fun or do you mean like they're like fighting like kids having fun 
to me, that's a joyful mm-hmm. noise, and I love to hear it mm-hmm. at the campground. You know, I might not love to hear it at midnight. No. But but, but kids okay. out playing, I mean, I feel like we spend so much time complaining about kids being on the internet and video games all day and not spending out time well, time outside and all that sort of stuff. And then we're getting upset that they're outside playing. And it's this whole like <laughs> children should be seen and not heard thing, which is I, silly. I mean, I, I, I think camping is uh, a place. It's a communal thing where people are out having fun and, uh, and I love it. I think sometimes full timers like us can get a little snarky oh. about stuff like this because we because everybody else is in vacation atmosphere, right? Sure. They're here to party. At the same time, there's always a level of like too far. Sure. Everything has a, a threshold <laughs> of being too far. <laughs> I, I had a too far moment the other day, actually. I, there yeah, was I was a, just thinking there, about there's that. Like, you're, there's you're a kid that's like going around this campground. That has that's riding a bike everywhere. You know, love seeing kids ride their bikes, but th- this bike has been tricked out. To, it has something on it uh, that makes it sound intentionally like a motorcycle, like a really loud motorcycle. So it's like this kid's going around and around, and it is so loud, and it's like, oh, that's that's sort of a level of unnecessary intentional noise. Yeah. I mean, he is living his best hot rod life. I guess it's best Harley Davidson life. Yeah. But like it after Yeah. After several days, it just you're like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no, he's getting on his bike. Please don't get on your bike. So I I do get it to a point where these things can be really uh really frustrating. I think this is the one for me that's coming up here when it comes to pets that is probably I think the the too far. And that is letting your dog, letting your pet be off leash. And I think that for me, um, I, I'm not, a, we don't have a dog. I don't, we don't spend, we do spend time around dogs, but you know, we're not super comfortable in the sense of me feeling that like if a dog came running towards me off leash, I would be, I, I would be nervous. Well, we, and I, we I, have spent a lot of time traveling with people that mm-hmm. have dogs. And I think that's that's the even bigger concern is that little dog owners with their dog on a leash are very concerned about your off-leash dog. Although some little dogs can be they can be they can be, real they can be but they um, they yes, they can. I just think I just think it is the idea that like you know your your dog, you know your pet. Uh but but I don't. And yeah. my my pet doesn't. Okay, you can tell me that your pet is friendly, your dog is friendly, but I'm I'm friendly, well, but sometimes I'm not friendly. I mean that you know. There's, I, th- there's also just this overarching thing where we're all here in a communal space. There's a social contract here where we're all following the rules. <laughs> We have we might not like certain rules, but we're just going to follow them so that we can all have this atmosphere of camping where we're all yeah. experiencing something that uh, doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers, that everybody's happy, everybody's having a good time. And when people step out of that and act, it, it feels like they think that the rules don't apply to them, that mm-hmm. they own the place, whatever it might be. 
And that's really frustrating, even if I know that that dog isn't going to bother me. I think it's just, again, maybe a little bit of um, loudness, um, dogs off leash, going through sites. I think it's this idea that um, you're asking me to participate in your version of this, and I don't get a choice. Or you're ignoring my, my... me and and just thinking about yourself right. and i'm not coming over and asking you to do things a particular way in your campsite or in your camping experience and so when you do things that sort of break that social contract you do feel a little bit like okay well i'm supposed to do it this way because you are being the bigger one you're being the louder one in the room and just because you're the loudest in the room doesn't mean you're always right Anyway, um, those were kind of the ones that seemed to be really uh, generally agreed upon. Yeah. By the group. Yeah. But now you got some hot takes. Now we have some hot takes (laughs) that were met with some agreement, but not in the way that. But also some disagreement. Some disagreement, but also not, you know, not in the way that these ones that we just went down. And this first one says that uh, Catherine says uh, others overcrowding their sites with pop-ups, fences, dog kennels, and putting everything outside when they are already hauling a 40-foot fifth wheel and a huge pickup to begin with. I don't want to look out and feel like I'm staying in someone else's garage. I So I read this, and my first thought was like, they're not hurting you. Mm-hmm. Okay? A 40-foot fifth wheel. Like I was like, why you got to come in a 40-foot fifth wheel? Yeah, the way it's worded like, is that I'm not... Why you got to come in big trucks? I felt very attacked because I was like, why are you coming in So you and I have a little <laughs> disagreement on this because I, I'm, I'm sort of with... I'm not with them on the way this is worded, but I'm with them in general. Like, it is sort of a thing like you... if Sometimes you've seen that campsite where well, it's like they've got four cars... There is... Uh, okay, but she didn't mention multiple cars uh, yeah, on here. It, I mean... But where they've taken every inch of the site and made it look like, you know, their version of um, a, a I guess, carnival. I guess I'm like, listen, at one, when we have the Sabre, yeah. we're a 43-foot fifth wheel with an F-350 yeah. and a pop-up gazelle See, on a good I, I day. Guess, I guess this and is... A, at an outdoor kitchen. To me, though, this is the definition <laughs> of a pet peeve, though. Like, this yeah. is... It, I, I shouldn't be totally bothered also, by this, hey, but I am. I just am, but thanks, I shouldn't be. But I'm like, hey, thanks for the dog kennel. Thanks for putting up a perimeter sure, in sure. your space that allows okay. your dog okay. to have off-leash freedom. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And and you are, are comfortable. Good for you on that. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's very responsible. Okay. I'm with you on uh, that. Yeah. I'm you know, you I, that. I don't now, mind if you... We camped across some folks recently who... Um, essentially brought a full tree with them in order to burn. <laughs> and and by a full tree, I, I mean they, like they, it was, they didn't, it wasn't already cut up into firewood. Like they had a chainsaw out. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> then, the, you know, that was a noise. That was noise. <laughs> that was a noise. But there's, a, a noise. there's an element here of like, okay, I have these five senses and mm-hmm. any of them, including sight, if like you're really overstimulating, like with lights, but also potentially yeah. with your stuff. Maybe it's not having too much stuff. Maybe it's having a messy campsite where you have uh, just things randomly laying everywhere. And <laughs> As stuff. I look back at ours and there's like there, shoes everywhere. There's something that, you know, it's it might bother me a little bit. Yeah. Does I, I, do I have a right to that bother me? Should you change? I don't know. No, but I don't think it might do, bother me a little bit. And I, to your point about 
the campers with the tree that they brought to cut up. Yeah. It wasn't that they were cutting up this tree that they brought with them. And we're not kidding. They well, brought a lot. It was that they were burning green firewood 24-7. Yeah. And yeah. it was really, really smoky. Yeah. And it was just very... It, it, it was really hard to tolerate in it in the other campsites because that smoke was just billowing straight towards us. That was what was difficult because it set off everyone's allergies and made us all a little miserable. Uh, we're going to fire <laughs> rapid fire through some of these. What I love is that almost right after this one or, or right before it, somebody wrote, people that are more worried about what everyone else is doing. I well, mean, there well, you go. Like that's. That's truth. pet peeve. There's your truth bomb for the day. I mean, yeah, these your are all. Your pet peeve is pet peeves, and I, I, uh, I understand yeah. it. I understand uh, it. <laughs> somebody, somebody wrote flagpoles, and someone responded with, "I, I, I don't quite get this one." And then he your goes, problem is the pole. So someone asked, like, "I'm really lost on this one." What? And he just said, "I think it's a cry for attention." I go, fair oh, enough. There's know, something where, I like, don't... okay, like, I look. I'm not gonna get into it. But I, no, it's I also will. Not wrong. Like, I don't need your politics at the campground. Whatever they are, I don't need the the vote for or the f this or any any of your politics at the campground. Your country's flag or whatever it might be, fine. But like, I, I guess there is. Again, it's like here. This is this is. I'm planting my stake on this spot. It, it's a little... This is me, and here I am, and everybody look at me. I get that. I get that. Someone wrote, uh, "People who think they're good golf cart drivers." <laughs> You know, not, sure not necessarily a... bad golf cart drivers, but people that think they're good golf cart drivers. I'm sure there's a story behind that somewhere. Sure. Uh, I actually don't think this is a hot take, but I dropped it in there. No receptacles for recycling. We've talked a lot about this with campgrounds. Yeah. We would really like to see more of this. We've been surprised and pleasantly pleased with how many we have seen across the Pacific Northwest in the campgrounds that we have been in. I think that that should be something we should be doing everywhere. Um, this one... This one is gets me right at my heart, and that is when staff or neighbors try to talk to you during your setup or when you're tearing down trying to yeah. leave. That is not the time for a conversation. And that includes when I am backing into a site. Oh, especially, okay? like, I mean, time. that's when mistakes get made. Like, yeah. you, people do make errors, like hooking up and you miss something, and right. you know, people have their their mental thing that they're going through to get all that stuff done. Well, there's also for me personally, there's a checklist Yeah. and I like to do that checklist in order. Like, and so yeah. when I'm distracted from that, because someone's come over and they want to have a conversation with me and I love to talk to people. It's not that you're coming to have a conversation with me. It's just, again, read the campsite, read the room. Yeah. That's just not the time for us to have a discussion about, how we store the bikes on the truck in the middle of us trying to store the bikes on the truck. Like we're, there's a, a process to that. And you know, we want to be yeah. able to keep bikes on the truck when we move off down the road. So yeah. we need to do everything. If I forget goes. something doing that, the <laughs> right. bike might not stay <laughs> that there. That bike might not stay there. Yeah. So um, a few others, uh, generators past quiet hours or early mornings being loud after quiet time, not just loud music, but being loud in general at your campsite, just keeping that party going and then we've already talked about this, but unattended children, there's nothing, if it's not a barking dog, it's a kid running through a campground that sometimes just really gets those pet peeves going. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. But we've talked, we talked about it. We went there. I understand that 
unattended children thing. <laughs> I mean, like, if they're doing stuff that I'm you don't... I'm an unattended adult. Like, they're doing know. stuff that you, they shouldn't be doing. That's one thing. But just that they're unattended. Like, kids should go off and play. Oh, my gosh. I am done... When my kids want to go off to the playground, yeah. I'm done. Well, you, think, you, that, done. you think we're going to go stand by them at the playground? I'm no. That. That they can go. They want to go ride their bikes. They want to go take a walk around the campground. I'm, I'm done. I, they don't need me following behind them, helicopter, watching them. They need to be free to go out yeah. and explore on their own and, and uh, be kids. Yeah. So... Those are the pet peeves that were mentioned in the RV Miles Facebook group. Jason and I have a couple of our own pet peeves, and we are going to dive into those in our new podcast called Detour that we do every single week now for Mile Marker Plus members on the monthly and yearly level. This is one of the many perks that we are offering for members at the $7 a month level or $70 a year. You can come over, check it out. Just go to rvmiles.com slash milemarkers. Uh, we do this every week and then once a month. Once a month, we are doing our new podcast called U-Turn as well, where you get to select the podcast from the 280 episodes that we have done that you would like us to go back and revisit and see if it has held up. And of course... You're all going to make us listen to episode one. Oh my gosh. I have a pull up in the Mile Markers Facebook group. And you all are going to make me go back and listen to episode one. And I can't handle it but it's yours to vote and that's the deal and we have to go do it so again rvmiles.com slash mile markers if you want to learn more about how this side now of rv miles is making such a huge difference in our small business so that we can continue to provide all of you with the free content as well that you have come to know and love and trust so thank you to all of those who have joined us over there Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will check the level of our tanks. Be right back. Have you heard of Park Wolf? It's a game-changing iPhone app for exploring U.S. national parks. Park Wolf's Wildlife Finder makes finding any wildlife species super easy. Park Wolf gives you heat maps and charts of the best places and times in the park to find any species. Park Wolf's free drive GPS Explorer makes exploring the park a breeze by showing upcoming places in the park as you drive along with distances to the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover points. You can download Park Wolf for iPhone from the App Store today and start making the most of your national park visit. How many national parks have you been dying to camp at, but no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get a reservation? That's where Camp Scanner comes in. Camp Scanner is a platform brought to you by the team at Harvest Hosts to help you snag those impossible-to-book campground reservations. Camp Scanner has multiple pricing tiers to suit your needs. Just search where and when you'd like to camp and sign up to be notified if a spot opens up. Go to CampScanner.com to experience the best outdoors America has to offer. All right, we are back, and it is time to check the level of our tanks. Sponsored by Matt's RV Reviews Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment, the no BS toilet treatment that really works. You can check it out along with all of our recommendations in our Amazon store at amazon.com slash shop slash RV Miles. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? Uh, My black tank is people offering um, electrical advice in particular uh, that 
that don't necessarily know what they're talking about. That you know the the saying that a little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this is true when it comes to lots of different types of technical advice, especially when it comes to things that can be dangerous, like electricity. Um, and I recently saw a an article from a a well-known trusted uh, RV technical expert that got something electrical very wrong. Uh, and it was the fact that uh, a 50 amp RV outlet uh, is not the same as a 50 amp uh, outlet that you might have in your garage, um, which is not necessarily true. In fact, it's not usually true anymore. If you have a 50 amp outlet at home, people get really confused by the 240 volt versus 120 volt thing uh, because they say, oh, I have this 240 volt outlet in my garage. Can I plug my RV into it? And if it is a four prong outlet that your 50 amp power cable can plug into, it should be wired properly to plug your RV into. That outlet that is the same as the 50 amp outlet that is at a campground is a 120-240 volt outlet, meaning it actually provides both. And a lot of people, even sometimes, unfortunately, electricians, are confused by this. But it is usually the same thing that you can plug your RV into in this person was sort of confused by that but i think it's really important to obviously always check your power use something like we use like the watchdog uh uh surge protector something that is going to give you feedback that says if this is okay to plug into you should be checking every outlet that you plug into you don't need something like that you can get a cheap multimeter and learn what the readings should be uh but in general that 50 amp outlet that is at a campground is the same thing that is the 50 amp outlet that that is getting put into houses these days for uh, for your dryer or for your stove, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I always find myself a little anxious for someone that asks such a heavy question and then has hundreds of responses. Yeah, well, and, and then there's they're just they they are all over the place in regards to yeah. the response. That for someone seeking that kind of information, I sometimes wonder if a Facebook group is really the best place to ask. They can be a wonderful place, but sometimes when you have these enormous groups and you start getting all these kinds of questions, I don't know, who do you decide to believe? Well, and I've gotten plenty of stuff wrong before so i you know oh. uh, this is hopefully this is not a, a holier than thou thing but like <laughs> the the when you go to the steps of writing a blog post and uh have the ability to spend the time to do the research to get the stuff properly right and you're making mistakes that you know could cause people harm it's Mm-hmm. Let's be more careful about that. Well, yeah, and I think for you this is a particularly sensitive subject given your background yeah. as a lighting designer yeah. and your work yeah. uh, in that field. Yeah, You have gone through a lot of training to ensure that when you are working with electricity uh, and, and enough light, to you know, to, to, for me it's enough to know when to seek uh, a, an expert. Yeah. But like again, I said, 
And I've that's seen, not us. I've seen lots of electricians <laughs> get a literal licensed electricians get this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so. a tough one, uh, but yeah. one that you should definitely spend a little bit of time doing as much research as possible. All right. What is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is the movie Across the Spider-Verse. This is the second in this series of these animated uh, Spider-Man movies that are not part of sort of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, part of the uh, the Avengers movies. They're sort of their separate thing. And if you are sleeping on these because you're not into superheroes or you're, uh, you're not into action movies, um, you're not into uh, Marvel, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, you're not into animation, you're missing out. These are... Uh, the first one into the Spider Verse was fantastic. This is a, a huge expansion on this, and really the w- best way I can describe it is it's it's what happens when cool people are given a budget and allowed to do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> it had, I mean, the thing was two and a half hours long. It could have, you could have easily cut forty minutes out of it, and any studio probably would have said you need to cut forty minutes out of it. But they let them keep it in, and every single minute of it is wonderful. Every frame is like twelve different animation styles. It's like it's like art coming at you nonstop. It is like nothing I've ever seen on film. And I, I wish like romantic comedies were made in this style. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's so wonderful. It's a very heartwarming story. Uh, you do have to see the first one first, but it is yeah. very, it is very heartwarming uh, and a great family story. And I think if you haven't seen it, you'll love it. I did not get to go with you guys to see that. I I couldn't. uh, Unfortunately, I'm dealing with some a really really bad sciatica flare up right now, and sitting for two and a half hours was not is just not an option for me at the moment. But that's part of what made this experience so great too, is because I I wasn't there. No, sorry, no, not that. It was being in a movie theater and. There, well, you know, so many movie theaters have converted to the the recliners yes. and the we deliver your food to mm-hmm. your seats and I, all that sort of stuff. Are you about to hate on that? Because that's my favorite thing about going to a movie. <laughs> I, I do you like, went, I do, I like that for, the, cer- for a certain type of movie. For this movie, this was a giant auditorium. Uh-huh. It was the traditional movie theater seat mm-hmm. types. It was three quarters full. Oh, that's fine. And that's it's fine. just a blast to see with that that yeah. many people. There's a lot more noise. People like unwrapping stuff and stuff than that kind of. That's 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 a movie theater pet peeve of mine. <laughs> but but at this kind of movie, it was kind of a blast to fine. to do that because I, I haven't been in that type of movie theater in a very long time. Also, it makes the price better. Yeah. I'm not paying what you pay for the recliner seats. This these is days. true, and you also went on. We think. Discount Tuesday. Yeah. Here in the area. But we're not 100% sure. Well, it ended up being in. But the tickets ended up when you did the conversion. Ended up being 750 American yeah. for each of us. So and that feels very Discount, discount Tuesday yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you guys went. I know the kids loved it. I'm so glad you guys got to see it. Yeah. Blast. What's uh, your black tank this week, Abigail? <laughs> it's back. Uh, the squeaky RV toilet has returned <laughs> to. <laughs> to RV Miles. Uh, years ago when we were in the Pioneer, I think we we talked about how really not okay it is 
to have a toilet, the the plastic the ones, plastic RV the toilets. plastic RV toilets that uh, after time, after usage, start to get squeaky. Yeah. And so then when we moved to uh, the Saber, we went back to the composting toilet because we were like, no more squeaky toilets. It also toilets. came with a porcelain toilet come, that yeah. we took out. But, but we took out and we went with composting toilet. That would have been toilet. better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now here we are back in Bexie. We're back to the plastic. We've been in Bexie now for four months. Yeah. And the other day, and we're in a small space, still 25 feet. And the other day I hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear. Oh, no. Or like when you hear somebody stand up and <laughs> and you hear like the toilet, the toilet seat drop because it was stuck to their butt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a little, that is just a level of intimate <laughs> because you you well it only happens with the plastic toilet seats right a, a heavier no, toilet seat would, I, would wouldn't stay <laughs> but but if the plastic is light enough it sticks you stand up and then it drops but you're <laughs> And you're thinking to yourself, how long has this person been in there? You know that this was not like a come and go situation. Like they really needed time. And it took so much time that like they're announcing. It's essentially like I'm announcing I'm done. The joys so, of living in a small, small Oh, my space. gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, that's just my black take yeah. is that the squeaky toilet I'm has sure there's returned. something I could do to fix that. <laughs> that would be great if you could, please. Because we're in a much smaller space than we've ever been. Now my mascara is running because I'm crying. Um, we are in a much smaller space than we have ever been in. Uh-huh. And there's bright <laughs> Bright and early in the morning. It's not my, it's not my right. jam. What's in your fresh tank this week? Uh, so my fresh tank is a total departure. Uh, I wanted to recommend this. I use it as a, a coffee creamer, but I think it's also a great alternative for anyone who is trying to be dairy-free. Um, Calafia makes this. Uh, it's called Better Half. It's half almond milk, half coconut cream, and it is to mimic uh, replacing your half and half or to use as a coffee creamer. You can buy it shelf-stable, which is also what I really love. You can buy it shelf-stable through Amazon, and you can get one of the bigger ones so that you are not only getting it's much cheaper than if you were to buy it on its own, especially refrigerated in the store, but if you buy shelf-stable from Amazon, you get a six-pack. I have found that this is the absolute best just nice little dab in your coffee coffee creamer it's for me because coconut milk coconut cream is too much coconut i don't want that much coconut in my coffee mm. but almond milk is just really thin like it's too thin for yeah. me it just waters out it just it just water stuff down i don't like the taste of almond milk i you know, i would think i would cuz i like almonds i would think and i like I would almond too. flavored things almond extracts wonderful yeah. i don't really like almond milk that's the one biggest thing about like the loss of dairy that's been hard for me is there is nothing i love more than a good glass of milk with a peanut butter and jelly 
And almond milk just doesn't do it for me. Just not cut it. So if you are looking for a good alternative to half and half or to your just your traditional coffee creamer, I absolutely recommend this. I am sad at the moment because I have not been able to get it delivered via Amazon uh, because a lot of Amazon lockers right now will not deliver the six pack Mm. of the Califia. So I've I've the size. It's tough yeah. life right now. Yeah. So I've had to go Rough. with Nut Pods, <laughs> which is like one of the worst names ever. Um, but yeah, I'll put it in the Amazon shop if you want to look at it. It'll be under our Fresh Tank where you can go in and see past Fresh Tank items that are available on Amazon that we have loved. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. Yes, it is. And thank you for spending at least a good two minutes with us where we laughed uncontrollably (laughs) that we couldn't even get breath. So it's a squeaky toilet world out there. (laughs) If you are enjoying RV Miles, please consider going over to Apple Podcast and leaving us a five-star review. As we say every week, this is putting us in front of a whole new generation of RV listeners. So thank you so much for doing that. The best way to chat with Jason and I, especially if you'd like to talk about a squeaky toilet is to head over to the RV Miles Facebook group. Each week we will pin this particular episode up in the top of the group and that's where we all enjoy discussing things that we've talked about here. All right. Thank you so much for joining us until next week. Please stay safe and keep logging those RV Miles. Bye everybody. Bye.